you're listening to Connection Church's podcast. Good morning. Hope y'all are, are good this morning. Um, we're excited about starting a new series this morning called The Holy Ghost. And Bethany spoke about that a little bit earlier. But over the next three weeks, what we really want to be doing is um, helping us gain a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is what he does and his purpose in our lives and in the world. And so that's the goal of this series. And it's really my prayer that we don't just talk about the Holy Spirit, but that we experience the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I know that I need the Spirit of God to move more in my life. I need the Spirit of God to um, increase my faith. I need the Spirit of God to uh, help me in my needs and in the things that I struggle with so that I can become a better follower of Christ and can glorify him more. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some of these things. Today, we're going to be in the book of Acts. If you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of Acts chapter one, and we're going to start there. Um, Acts chapter one, and I want to read just the first two verses and then we'll pray and we'll get started in the message. Acts chapter one, verse one, it says in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Now, the author of Acts is Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke. And so he has, he has researched and he has done his homework on the Gospel and Jesus' life and what it was like and what he did. And he wrote the Gospel of Luke. Now he's writing the book of Acts, which is a continuation of what Jesus began to do on, on earth. And so that's why he's saying, and he's writing this to this man by the name of Theophilus. And he says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So let's pray and we'll jump back into this and get going. God, thank you for your heart for us and your love for us. And thank you, God, that you do give us your spirit and your spirit works in us. And God, you work through us. And we just thank you for doing more um, in us and more through us than we could ever do on our own. And so God, I pray that in the next few minutes that you would work mightily in our hearts. And God, give us um, just a greater desire for you, God. And let us walk in the power that is the Holy Spirit. Um, God, give us hearts that seek after you and hearts that desire you and hearts that won't settle until we have more of you, Lord. God, just do what only you can do today and transform hearts, transform lives. Draw us close to you as we draw near to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. How many of you um, are old enough to remember or actually maybe have seen some reruns of the Lone Ranger, like not the new movie, but the old Lone Ranger, the old Lone Ranger. A lot of people here have seen those. Um, I saw those as a kid growing up. I used to watch the reruns of those growing up and used to love the Lone Ranger. And I don't know if you remember um, the phrase at the end of almost every episode of the Lone Ranger, what the people would say at the very end, but I was thinking about it this week and it popped back into my head. They would always ask this question, who was that masked man, right? At the end of every episode, who was that masked man? And I was thinking about that in regards to our study of the Holy Spirit and talking about the Holy Spirit is sometimes that's kind of how we view the Holy Spirit is like, who was that masked man? Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? 
Um, he sort of seems mysterious. In fact, the reason we call this series the Holy Ghost is because it's kind of at Halloween and there's this mystery around the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we call him the Holy Ghost and kind of freaks us out a little bit. And we don't really know what to think about him and, and how to approach him. And do I pray to him? Do I pray through him? Do I pray for him? What do I, how do I deal with this subject, this topic, this issue, this person of the Holy Spirit? And so we want to look at that. I want to tell you first what the Holy Spirit isn't. The Holy Spirit isn't just some, like a goosebump or an emotion that you get. Sometimes we have emotions and we get goosebumps when we experience the Holy Spirit, but it's not just coming into some type of emotional experience or, or some goosebump where your hair stands up. Um, we can do that with a lot of things, um, but not, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the Holy Spirit. It's not a dynamic speaker or a charismatic speaker. Um, that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through all types of people doing all types of things. And so when we look at the Holy Spirit, we need to see and understand that it's not um, just evidenced by some gifting or some dynamic person. Um, we need to judge people's character by the fruit of their lives, not by um, their giftings. Sometimes giftings can be misleading. Um, it's not just having a good worship team or a good worship experience that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through good worship teams and works through good worship experiences, but that's not who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit um, is not someone or something to be feared. The Holy Spirit is someone to draw near to, someone to be received. We often refer to him as it, but he's a person. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is a, a divine person with a will with a mind, with emotions, with all of these things. He's a divine person um, that we need to see as, as someone who comes close to us as we come close to them. And so I want you to see that. Uh, we can begin to understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning of the book of Acts. And if you were to give this a title, many times it's called the book of Acts or it's called the Acts of the Apostles. Um, but really and truthfully, to me, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's about the Holy Spirit working through ordinary people just like you and I to do extraordinary things. And so when you look at this, the very first verse, it says that in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And so what I want you to see first about the Holy Spirit and about what Luke is writing is, is this, that this is a continuation of Jesus's ministry. The Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can continue to do the things that God did through Jesus, that Jesus did while he walked the earth. And so I want you to see that. I want you to see that we're now called through the power of the Holy Spirit to be a continuation of the ministry that Jesus did while he was here. That's pretty awesome, right? When we think about that fact that God is saying, I'm going to give you myself. I'm going to fill you with me so that you can continue to do what I did on the face of the earth. Jesus told us even that we would do and see greater things than what he did. Now that seems crazy when you think about the things that Jesus did, but the reality of it is for us that it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll see greater things as in, I mean, how do you get much greater than raising the dead, right? but greater in number, greater in quantity, that God's gonna use each one of us um, as he used Christ to transform the world, to transform the earth. And so that we would see greater things. And the way we see greater things is through the power of the Holy Spirit working through our lives. And so we're to be a continuation of what Jesus began to do. It says in verse two, until the day he was taken up to heaven, 
after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. It's important that we notice in there that it says through the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus himself, even though he was God, he was also fully human. And in his humanness, he also walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. He needed the power of the Holy Spirit. If you look at his life before he began his earthly ministry, he began began by, by being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It shows in, in uh, the Gospels where when he was baptized, it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like in the form of a dove. And that... He heard his father speak over him. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And so we see that before he began his earthly ministry, he received the Holy Spirit. He was walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter four, when he goes into the desert and he's being tempted by Satan, it says that he went into the desert in the power of the Spirit. And so we know that Jesus himself had the power of the Spirit working in him, working through his life as he went about his earthly ministry. Now here's the point I wanna make about that. If Jesus himself needed the power of the Holy Spirit working in him and through him to accomplish the ministry he was to do on earth, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit working in and through us to accomplish the ministry that God's given us to do here on earth, right? So that we need the power of the Spirit if we're going to do and to be the things that God's called us to do and to be. And so I want you to see that, that he worked, he operated through the Holy Spirit and we need to do the same thing. Verse three says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them, himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. This tells us a little bit more about the power that he walked in because here's the reality. Jesus, who was crucified for our sin, who took the wrath of God upon himself so that we wouldn't have to take the wrath of God, who lived a perfect life and then took his, our sin upon himself, took the wrath of God upon himself, was crucified, died on a cross, was buried, came out three days later under the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says that he was alive. He showed himself to be alive. He proved himself to be alive over a period of 40 days. Here's the thing about this, people. If these disciples had not seen this, do you think they would have given their lives for this? Absolutely not. But they were so convinced that, that of what they saw, they experienced Jesus's life after he had been crucified and dead. And so we see in this that there was a power working that's greater than death. I want you to see and understand that the power that Jesus walked in, that he operated through, was the same power that raised him from the dead. The same power that raised him from the dead is the same power that God promises us to have when we become followers of Jesus. And so he gives us this power, this great power to be able to live from, to be able to draw strength from, to be able to walk in. He offers this to us. And it says he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So the things he was teaching them was about the spirit himself. If you go to scripture, many times the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit are mentioned simultaneously or even almost um, in place of one another. Because when the kingdom of God began to be established on earth was when the Holy Spirit came to us. And so he's talking to them about this new kingdom that's going to be established, this new people that's going to be created through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he wants them to understand that this is what's going to take place. It says on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. See, this was so important 
for the disciples, that they receive this power. It's so important for us today that we receive and walk in this power that Jesus told them, don't go anywhere, don't do anything until you've received this. This is so important. You can't carry out my mission. You can't carry out the things I'm here, I've given you to do unless this power comes upon you. And when this power comes upon you, we're gonna go and we're gonna accomplish a lot of things, but don't do anything until this power comes on you. And he's telling them, this is, this impo- this is so important, wait on it. But here's what I find in life many times for us. And I think one of the reasons we oftentimes don't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit is that we don't wait for the Holy Spirit. We don't, we don't depend on the Holy Spirit. We don't tell God, look, God, I'm not going if you don't go. I prayed before this message this morning, God, if you're not going with me, if you're not going to move, then do something before I get out there so that I just fall and bump my head, whatever, God, but I don't want to go out there without you, right? I don't want to do this without you because it's pointless without you. But I think many times, I know in my life, I have a tendency to not wait on the Lord. I have a tendency not to depend on God. I have a tendency not to hunger for God. An example of that is the other day, um, this is just my, my nature. This is how my nature works. And maybe you can relate to this. But the other day, I'm a, I'm a hunter and I went hunting and um, I, I got a deer. Um, the thing about it was I was down in this river swamp where I got the deer and I had to get him back up this, this high bluff that was about 30 yards long. And so I'm trying to get this deer up to, my, to where the truck is and, and I'm walking through like water and mud and finally I step off in some mud and my boots sink up really literally about this far. And so I'm trying to walk, I can't walk. Every time I try to pick my feet up, my, my foot almost comes out of my boots. Um, I, I can't get through it, I'm just struggling. And I don't know about you, but I'm not what they would call a, a, a physical specimen when it comes to overall health. And so um, I'm like thinking I'm about to have a heart attack. And so I'm trying to walk and try, trying to get this deer up there. And at this point I'm like, I should have just let him go, right? And, and so um, finally I, I think about it. There's a guy that's not too far from me. So I call him and I'm like, hey man, can you come help me? He's like, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. But here's where I'm at. Here's, here's, here's sort of my fatal flaw in life, right? Um, one of them is this, that as he's on the way, what do you think I did? You think I just sat down and was like, he'll be here in a minute, we'll get this thing. No, I'm like, well, in the meantime, I might as well be doing something, so I just keep going, right? I just keep fighting and struggling. I finally get up to the point where um, when he gets there, all he really does is pulls up in the truck, we put the deer on the back of the truck and go, because I'd already done all the work. And I nearly killed myself, really, trying to do this by myself. But that's my nature, is to try to do things on my own. It's not to wait on the Lord or to wait on anybody else, it's to try to do it on my own. And my question to you, my challenge to you today is to ask yourself, are you doing this life by yourself? Are you trying to do this life? Are you trying to live this Christian experience and this Christian life by yourself without any help, without depending on the Holy Spirit, without waiting on the Holy Spirit, without trusting the Holy Spirit to come and be your source of help? He's called the helper for a reason. Jesus told his disciples even that it's good for me to go away because unless I go, I can't send him back to you. And he knew that 
that it would be a greater thing for us to have him inside of us than to have Jesus beside us. So he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. But do we trust in him? Are we leaning on him? Do we depend on him? Are we hungering for him? Because the Bible says that they waited for him. They were obedient and they waited. We've got to be people who long for, hunger for, will wait on, will, will with a stubborn resolve, not move until the Holy Spirit moves. They won't do anything without waiting on the Spirit. And that is so hard to do. It's so hard to do, to trust in him in that way and, 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 and to get to a place where we're willing to do or, or to wait and, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Bible goes on and it says, but wait for the gift my father promised. My father promised. See, the Holy Spirit is a promise to all who believe. The Holy Spirit is someone who God gives us. God gives us himself so that we can live the life that he called us to live. It's a promise that God gave us. He said, this promise which you have heard me speak about. When I read that, it jumped into my heart that for so many of us, experiencing the Holy Spirit is only something we've heard about. It's not something we've actually experienced. For some of us, that means that we haven't come to a place of salvation where we've trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior because here's the reality. The only way we come to faith in Christ is when the, the Holy Spirit has moved in our heart and brought us to faith in Christ. But the other side of that is if you're a follower of Christ, then you have experienced the Holy Spirit or otherwise you wouldn't be a follower of Christ. And so... I want you to see this and ask yourself the question of, have I experienced the Holy Spirit? Do I experience the Holy Spirit? Does the Holy Spirit work in my life? Is there fruit in my life that is evidence that the Spirit is moving in my life? How have I been transformed since I met Christ? Has God done anything in my heart and in my life? Is he doing anything in my heart and in my life? Or is the Holy Spirit just something you've heard about? but haven't experienced. My prayer is today that before you leave this place, you will have experienced the Holy Spirit in some way that God will have spoken to your heart in some way that if you don't know him, that God would open the eyes of your heart to receive Christ today so that you can walk in a relationship with Jesus. Verse five, he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of debate in church on what this actually means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But I'll tell you what I believe it means. I believe that when you become a Christian that you receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that when you become a Christian, God wants to consume your life with the Holy Spirit. If you think about baptism and you think about water baptism, when you go under the water, you're submerged in the water. The water completely covers you. I believe that's what God wants for us in the Holy Spirit as we surrender our lives daily to him, as we die daily so that he can live in us is that we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, literally enveloped in the Holy Spirit so that then we become people who not only are consumed by, but then our lives begin to be, be more molded and made more like Christ. So that in this, our lives are consumed by the Holy Spirit and then we begin to walk in the ways of the Spirit and following the Spirit. And I believe that's what God wants for each one of us is for us to do that. And so he says he'd be baptized with. Then it says they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel or the kingdom to Israel? They're asking about this physical kingdom. 
Jesus goes on and it says that he said, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so he says, listen, this is not about a, a, a physical kingdom right now. One day it will be. Right now this is about a spiritual kingdom that God is going to establish by his authority. And he's going to establish this earthly kingdom by his authority. But right now we're talking about a spiritual kingdom that's going to come in through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and he wants us to see that this power is something that's greater than any power we could ever experience. The Greek word for this is dunamis. It's the word that we get the word dynamite from. It means it's an explosion power. It's a power that when it, it, it is discharged, it changes everything around it. And God wants to do that in our lives. God wants to do that through us, to change the things around us, but it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what's been troubling my heart all week long, is this fear that we are trying to do things through our own strength that as individuals, but as a church, that we would get to a place where we begin to depend on ourselves more than we depend on God. It's a, it's a fear that, that keeps me at this. If you wanna know what would keep me up at night about this church, it's the fear that the spirit would not move. It's the fear that we would begin to be, become so obsessed with ourselves that we no longer lean on and trust in the Holy Spirit. It, it's not about paying bills and things like that. And listen, the God takes care of that. But what I know is this, if the Holy Spirit is here, then everything else works out because God is here. But it, we've got to be hungry for that. We've got to be a people who want that. Are we hungry as a church? Are we hungry as a people for more of God's presence? Are we just okay with status quo? Are we okay with okay? Because here's the thing, I'm not okay with okay. I believe so many times as the church, we settle for ordinary when God wants to do extraordinary things. I believe that we so oftentimes settle for, for mediocre when God wants excellent. I believe we sell ourselves and fall short so many times because we don't set our eyes high enough on what God wants to do. I believe so many times if we were to go and, and get by ourselves and read the Bible and then come back to church, not having had any church experience, but having just read the scripture, we'd be so confused about what we see happening in the church because it doesn't seem to line up with scripture when the power of the Holy Spirit there's more, guys. That's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to hear is that there is more to God. There's more power. There's more of his presence. There's more. And I want you to hunger and I want you to thirst for him. I want you to want him. I know I want him. I, I want to experience him. If there's one thing in my life that I need more of, it's I need more of God. I believe he's the answer to everything, every issue in our life. I believe that with all my heart. But also know that in my own strength and in my own will and in my own power, I can't do what God has called me to do and neither can you. But in the strength of the spirit, God can and will do everything that he's promised to do through you. That means shaping and transforming you in the image of Christ. It means gifting you and enabling you to do the things he's called you to do. But I want you to see and I want you to understand this, that the Holy Spirit is not an option for the Christian life or the church. The Holy Spirit is essential. 
One, he's essential for salvation. We've got to experience the Holy Spirit in order to come to a place of salvation. Two, if we're going to walk in his 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 spirit and we're going to walk in his power, the thing that we've got to do is we've got to come to the one who has the power. If you look over in Acts chapter two, verses one through four, we see in Acts one, one through eight, that Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. But we see in Acts two, one through four, when the Holy Spirit actually comes and we see this power, it says in verse one, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. See, when he talks about a violent wind, he's talking about power. That's what the wind would represent is his power. This was a powerful force. This was a powerful thing. And the Holy Spirit is power in our lives. And we need to see that. We got to grab hold of that and understand that. Begin to... Press into that and trust in him and trust in the spirit of God because it's essential that we walk in this. It's essential too because without the life giver, there can be no life. There is no life apart from the life giver, which is the Holy Spirit. If we're gonna live the life of God, we've gotta come to a place where we are walking in the power of the spirit where we're following the spirit, trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in verse three, he says, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. The fire in this, it represents purity. See, it's essential if we're gonna become like Christ, then we've got to come to a place where where we realize that the only way I'm gonna become like him is through the purifying work of the Holy Spirit. When he consumes my life, he begins to make me more like him. But have I surrendered? Am I surrendering to him so that he can do what he wants to do in me? He's a purifying agent of God. Verse four says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In this, we see that they began to speak different languages. These were literal languages that people heard in their own language. They begin to speak different languages and what it shows us and what it tells us is that God's called us to this worldwide ministry. He's called us to reach those who are near us and those who are far from us. But we can't do that apart from the power of the spirit. The power of the spirit and the potential of a spirit-filled church is, is unlimited. It is unstoppable. When people are walking in the power of the spirit, it becomes the unstoppable church that God promised it would be. Nothing can stop it. But we've got to be people walking in the power of his spirit, walking and depending on the power of God, walking and seeking him, realizing that God wants us to draw near to him. He will draw near to us and he will fill us to overflowing with his spirit. It also says that they began to speak in other tongues, speaking of the languages and and the gifting that God gave them. It says as he enabled them. So it's essential too because we come to this place where God enables us to do what he wants us to do. He gives us gifts to be used for his kingdom. The trouble is and the struggle with with it is that oftentimes we don't walk in the spirit. We're not enabled. But I know this. I know this for a fact because I know what God does with my life is that he gives us the ability to do things that aren't natural to us sometimes. He gives us the ability to, to, to walk in giftings and to walk in the power of the spirit. I know this because every week of my life, just about every week of my life, 
I do something that is not natural for me. I do something that goes contrary to my personality and contrary to my natural gifting. And that is I stand up here and I talk to you. It is so un, un, unnatural for me. And, and, and I'm not a public speaker, speaker by nature. And you might say, amen, you're not. That's right. But the reality of it is that God has called me to do something that is unnatural. He has, has given me this time of, of, of pastoring and, and preaching the word to doing something that's not something that naturally comes to me. And for a long time, I would stand, I remember specifically one morning standing when we were at the high school and watching cars pulling into the parking lot. And I was thinking, why are they coming back? Because I realized like, this is not my thing. This is not my natural gifting. If I were to stand up here and talk to you about anything other than God, I don't think I could do it. But the reality is God gifts us. He enables us to do the things that he calls us to do, that he wants us to do. And he does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. The last thing I wanna tell you today is this, that the Holy Spirit is available. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is God. We talked about that some in the beginning. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is essential as we just talked about. And then I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is available, that he is available to you, that he wants to be in your life. If you look at verses 38 and 39 in chapter two, it says, Peter replied, and they're asking him, what do we do? Peter preaches this message and 3,000 people come to know Christ. 3,000 souls are saved. And it says that they were cut to the heart by the message that came in the power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 38, or in 37, they say, what shall we do? Peter replied in verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. I want you to see this, that the Holy Spirit is available for you today. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you today. The Holy Spirit wants to move in your life today. The Bible says that he is a promise that those who repent of their sin and turn to God will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's for those who are far off. He's for those who are close. Listen, he's just saying this, that I'm for everyone. I want to fill everyone who turns to me and calls on my name. I want to fill them with my power to be able to walk through this life. One of the scriptures that's been heavy on my heart the last couple of weeks is, is the scripture in the gospel of John where Jesus says in this world, um, you will have trouble, but take heart for I've overcome the world. And the one thing I know about this life is that there's troubles that come. The one thing I know about God is that he's overcome them all. And so today I wanna encourage you that wherever you're at and whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, the reality of life is this, that in this world, there will be troubles, but we can take heart before, because our God has overcome this world. And the power of the spirit is greater in us than the powers of this world. And we can draw on that spirit. We can draw on him. We can live in him. We've got to come to a place where we surrender to him. If we're going to walk in the spirit, it becomes about us surrendering, laying down our life, being obedient, following, pressing in, longing for, hungering for him. Do we hunger 
for God? Do we thirst for God? God promises to satisfy, but we've got a hunger and thirst for him and lay down our lives before him. If we're gonna walk in the spirit, I believe this. The first step to that is salvation. The second step to that is recognizing our need. And every day of our life, we need to be aware of our need for the Holy Spirit. Every day of our life, we need to be aware of our need for the power of God working in us and through us. And we need to call on that power. We need to call on his name. We need to repent of our sin, turn from our sin and turn to God. And the promise is that he will fill us as we turn to him, as we press into him. And so I wanna give us that opportunity today. I wanna give you the opportunity. The first step is salvation. The Bible promises that when we come to faith in Christ, God gives us his spirit. But there's people in here today who have never put our faith in God. We never put our faith in Christ. We never surrendered to him to receive the spirit. And today, before we leave, I wanna give you that opportunity. So if you're here today and you have never accepted Christ as your savior, you never accepted his forgiveness and his love and his grace in your life, then what I wanna ask you is that you'd open your heart to the message and receive him. And maybe the Lord today through the power of his spirit is speaking to your heart for the first time. And maybe you realize I've only heard about the Holy Spirit. I've only heard about Jesus. I've never experienced him. I've never walked in his power. I've never walked in his love. I've never had a relationship with God. But you want that today and the Holy Spirit's drawing you to himself. He's speaking to your heart today. Then I wanna give you that opportunity today to say yes. If you don't know him, you never said yes to him, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Let us celebrate with you and let us help you take your next steps of faith. If you don't know Christ, you've never experienced the Holy Spirit. You've never tasted the goodness of the Spirit. But today he's speaking to your heart to come to him, to draw near to him, and you've never done that, why don't you just stick your hand up? Anybody here today that, that that's you? And then for the rest of us, I wanna challenge you with where you're at in your relationship with God. Maybe there's something in your life, I know there's something in your life that you need to surrender to him. You need to trust him. Maybe it's just saying, God, I'm hungry for you. Whatever it is, I wanna pray for you. I want us to be able to pray for you. So what I wanna do to close this service out today is I wanna give you an opportunity to come to the altar and allow our prayer team to lay hands on you. There's something powerful about the laying on of hands and, the pray, and people praying for you. We see it throughout scripture. And I want you to be able to have that opportunity to be prayed for today. So this is what I wanna do, I wanna pray as I pray, I'm gonna ask you that you would move, that you would come down here and let us pray for you today. Don't, if, that, if you're in that place, don't leave here without letting someone pray for you today. If you're surrendering some of this, I don't know if you need wisdom in a situation. I don't know if, if you need courage and boldness. One of the great things we see about God and the Holy Spirit is that when he comes, he gives us boldness, he gives us courage. I don't know if you need strength for something you're facing, whatever it is today, I'm inviting you to come and let us pray for you and pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in you. 
So I'm gonna pray and I'm asking you to move and take a step of faith. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for your heart for us. Thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for the power of the spirit. Lord, I pray that you would just move in our lives and in our hearts. God, let us just press into you more. God, let us hear your voice more. God, our prayer is that we would just long for you. We would hunger and thirst for you. God, we know that your word says in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13, that if we ask, God, you give us the Holy Spirit. You give us the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you would do that today. Fill us to overflowing, God. Let every day be a day of Pentecost for us where we are filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with your power. God, we love you and thank you for loving us and for the grace that's in us that you've given us, grace that covers us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.